It reminds me of a quote I remember reading almost a decade ago, like some banker that says, guess your umbrella when the sun is still out. I'm Jim Huffman, and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question. What would you do if you were starting today? All right. Today on the podcast, I'm bringing on Jonathan, my business partner. Jonathan, what's up, man? Hey, Jim. How are you doing? Uh, very glad to be back on. Yeah. So we're recording this. Let's look at our calendars. It is May. Oh, wow. Friday, May 13th. And we we thought we would talk about what we're going through as business owners right now. There's a lot of crazy things going on in the market. We're essentially in a recession and how we're thinking through that as, as business owners, how we're talking to our clients about it, and even what we had done in the past in 2020 when we were going through a downturn. And, and hopefully this podcast will look back in six months and you know we went this doomsday route for no reason, but I'm a paranoid founder. And so that's kind of where my head is at, but that's what we want to hit on today. So Jonathan, do you think this is relevant or am I, am I being crazy? Uh, have you just noticed the date is Friday the 13th and we're talking about doom and gloom as well. So there's what a coincidence. I know I, that's that's not good. So like the current market, obviously we have geopolitical issues going on. We have an insane market decline as of today. We're essentially in a bear market with S&P, which that means there's a 20% decline. There's been all this money put into the market. So interest rates are up. Inflation's like at 8.5 or 8.3 is what they said. And I, I read this stat today. The 500 richest people this year have lost $1 trillion in value. And so pretty insane. I mean, you could make the argument with all the money that's been pumped into the economy. It's a little bit of level setting, but it feels a lot more than that. But what are your thoughts when you like read the, the morning headlines and jump into work? Actually, I've been paying attention to the job numbers, talking almost like an economist here, but the job market is pretty saturated. It's holding. Everyone's still employed. So we don't have mass employment. That would be, I think, the number one trigger of, of a panic. But I think at least fundamentally, it feels like the economy is still holding. In terms of geopolitical issues, I think that it's not so much that there's a crisis of the part of the world that you know that's very far away from us, but there's a lot of talent that comes from that part of the world. So that part of the world is known for like amazing software designers and developers. So I mean, we, uh, we have a few colleagues that work there as well. So, you know, we've been keeping a close eye on that. But yeah, that's that's for sure how that's impacting the market. Yeah, that's a good call in the jobs numbers. I mean, we are seeing mass layoffs in this bubble of some of these like big startups that had huge valuations that are pulling back. But unemployment was already getting to such a low rate. Like, well, we'll see how those numbers can, can fluctuate. So that's like in a macro view. But now let's go at our little view within the 20 to 30 businesses we interact with. What's interesting is even looking on the consumer side, some of our brands where we do ads for them, there's like two brands that have products that are like, expensive fashion products. They are not must-haves. They're nice-to-haves. They're having like record months over the past three months, right? Where if you told me all that market kind of macro level data, I'd be like, oh, those companies have to be hurting, but they're just putting up banner numbers. And so it's kind of interesting. Is it because there's this huge pullback with pandemic as things are opening up, people are wanting to still invest in that rather than be conservative off what they're seeing. And that even goes with like non-apparel brands. Like we're, we're seeing some really good things on like the performance side, um, as opposed to 2020, where we, we did see a pullback. 
but I, I see these two signals going in the opposite, opposite direction. It's hard to read the tea leaves when, when that's going on. Yeah, very fascinating. Uh, we have a company in the Web3 space. So these alternative assets uh, like NFTs have definitely taken a huge hit in uh, recent times. And it's not just NFTs, like all alternative assets like art, gold, even a Rolex has gone down 20%, I think, in the last few months. So just paying attention to that is interesting. I don't know how that impacts us necessarily, but it's interesting to see e-commerce doing well, but like Web3 and these other alternative classes do poorly, but uh, fascinating to watch. Yeah. I mean, you and I fairly recently went through this, like in 2020, growth hit was humming along. We're like, oh, we're going to have an epic year. And then it's March 2020 and you and I lose half of our book of business in 48 hours. And we're like, this isn't good. And we're, we're looking at the cash reserves. We're like, okay, what do we do? And we, I mean, we can even talk about what we did there other than cry ourselves to sleep. Well, I, I think I cried myself to sleep a few nights. You, you are much stronger than I was. But we, we, we kind of started playing offense. We started leaning into it. We can look back and act like we're really smart. But at the time, we were kind of like, okay, there, there has to be somebody that still needs what we do with everything going online. But lo and behold, that was very true because e-commerce was booming, was about to have this acceleration of adoption from like 12% to 30%. And so we were very well positioned for that. But we doubled down on Google ads where we can get some leads. We went all in on content marketing and we we kind of held the line. We did not let go of anybody because we, we thought we were about to see this big influx of, of demand. And we were lucky in that we did. But I mean, as you look back during that time, what stood out from the issues we faced and the decisions we, we ended up making? Yeah, those are crazy times for sure. As the world is hoarding toilet paper and staying home for the next two years. <laughs> Within one week, you, I remember like losing all those clients and panicking. Thankfully, it wasn't a reflection of our work and our ability to add value to clients. It was just more of market issues. And we went on a closing spree, I remember, where we... Um, closed many clients in a very short period of time. And that helped us, you know, give us confidence and also kind of scale back to where we were. But yeah, it was just close, close, close. That was the solution. Sales is the answer, as they say, but uh, that's what we did. That does cure a lot of things, even though some of the clients might not have been the ideal, ideal. personalities that we'd want to work with, but desperate times. So, yeah. I mean, right now, it's this interesting inflection point what are we doing? Because we're the startup studio where we're like, hey, we want to take the profits from growth it and invest it in these companies. But hey, is that a good idea when things are going to get rough? And what if you lose a, a big chunk of your, your book of business? I mean, we actually just closed uh, you know, three clients in the past 30 days. So we see good signals, but I don't want to be naive. So we have a productized service that we've launched, which is one day design, which is a more affordable option that if people are more cost conscious, hopefully that's an option for them not to cannibalize our agency, but it goes after a different persona. The other thing is we're planting the seeds for um, putting out a we wrote a book in 2018 and we're finally doing another kind of growth program and course that we're putting out and then selling some, some cool templates with that, that, that should be ready around Q3. Um, but we also invested in our biggest hire this year, which is a VP of biz dev where for better or worse, I'm the sales guy and he's come in and he showed me that I am an amateur at best. But again, that's he's not a billable hour person. That is an investment where that's a hit on the margin until he starts delivering at week three or four, which um, I'm pretty fired up about him doing that. But those are the things that we're thinking through. But as far as like staffing up to get ahead on clients, 
I'm not looking to just overspend on people right now. I think that could be a little crazy because even in 2020, I don't know if you recall, we were trying to make hires and thank God we didn't because of of the big downturn. But like, what, what are you thinking through that we should be doing right now? Actually, I'm very excited that the productized service is up and running. We've always had these people that wanted to work with us, had intent, but we didn't have an offering for them. So it was essentially we're turning down customers, potential clients, and we now have an offer for them. And that's a new source of revenue. And I believe a much more stable source of revenue potentially as well. And there's obviously more people at that level, that price level that we can serve using our existing infrastructure. So it's a huge win. And then obviously the huge new VP of BizDev, that's going to be a game changer because we're building sales infrastructure that we never had. Think about it. If we got where we are right now without real like professional sales infrastructure, imagine what will happen when even just the same number of leads, like we're not adding any leads to the business, same number of leads, but something more professional and structured. And that's what that person will bring to the team. And it's already been a game changer within the first few weeks. And I can only imagine what will happen going forward. So I'm actually glad that that investment has been made now. We will definitely think ourselves going forward for sure. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's a matter of getting him up to speed, which he's doing very well, which is awesome. The other thing I'm, I'm in like some entrepreneurship groups and some people are talking and they're like, well, have you gotten your line of credit yet? I'm like, what? Excuse me. And then I'm learning about a personal line of credit or a business line of credit. And I'm very debt adverse, right? I'm like no debt, pay our credit card the second it's due. But if you look at capital allocation, we're actually probably doing a disservice because I, I just saw this guy speak. I don't know if you know what a, um, a search fund is, but it's essentially you raise a pool of money to go and find a company to acquire and then you own and operate it. And um, this guy successfully did it with a medical practice actually out here in Seattle. And before that, he worked in private equity and did a lot of leverage buyouts. And hearing him talk and think kind of blows my mind because they're able to use these financial instruments and debt in a way to get some insane ROI. And so as I kind of come back to this, like we're talking to our banker, you know, get a line of credit where I I don't really plan on using. And all that means is just like a a line of credit of cash that you could grab and pay an interest rate on of like up to 8%. But like, let's go through a thought exercise. Like what if we were true ballers and we're like, you know what? We now have, I don't know, call it a hundred or 250K at our disposal where we would pay interest on. I mean, if we were super aggressive and YOLOing it, like what would we do? Would we go out and hire? Would we be investing in ads to grow what we're doing? Would we just buy up Amazon stock on the dip? Um, it's, it's an interesting exercise to do. I always kind of come back to the Warren Buffett philosophy of rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. But is, is that holding us back? What, what are your thoughts on that? Actually, um, it reminds me of a quote I remember reading almost a decade ago, like some banker that says, get your umbrella when the sun is still out. So it totally makes sense to have this almost as a security blanket, even though debt's not really supposed to be that. But I think the alternative that you presented here of like potentially using it to accelerate the business, invest in opportunities that can, you know, blow up (laughs) in a positive way, not in a negative way, obviously. Uh, That's actually a very smart idea. I think we should definitely think about that, even have a brainstorming session. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. the good thing is that we have recurring clients. It's predictable revenue. If our agency was more project-based, I'd be worried. But I just think it's a slippery slope. Once you start drinking that sauce, you, you get addicted. 
but I don't know. It's um, I, I want to get some people actually on the podcast to go through the pros and cons of that. The private equity guy who did the acquisition, Shrikesh, I'm going to try and bring him on uh, to talk through that just to get some free uh, free advice out of them. But yeah, but but what else, man? What else are we thinking through right now as we're like in this crazy time with the market going sideways? You know, I think fundamentally you hit on a big part of our business. It's a recurring business, almost software, but obviously as a service where the revenue is predictable. We have these additional services that we can almost like, you know, pull out of this larger agency, like a Russian doll. So we have this huge advantage and we can, you know, continue to create new services, courses, products. So, and the team is, is obviously there growing and adding value. So I'm actually very uh, optimistic, even though there are obviously these, you know, negative indicators in the economy. So, um, yeah, I think we will not just weather it, but we'll come out much, much, much stronger going forward. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, we'll do an update next month or next quarter to see if we're uh, we're living in tents or not. But, um, yeah, often good chat as always, man. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. Today's episode is brought to you by no one. Yep. We have zero sponsors. I haven't reached out to any companies, nor would I expect a reputable brand to give me money. But I'll give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out Growth Hit. Growth Hit serves as your external growth team. After working with over 100 startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, Growthit has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out growthhit.com. And finally, I wrote a book called The Growth Marketer's Playbook that takes everything I've learned as a growth mentor for venture-backed startups, and I've distilled it down to 140 pages. So instead of hiring a growth team, save yourself some money, get the book, and you can just do it yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear feedback. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman.